What's up, Misfits? Oh, listen, yep, I'm calling this Misfits. I'm declaring it. I've named it. I put it out there. If you think we should be called something else, let us know in the comments. Uh, listen, Misfits, today's episode is for those who are on the fence about chasing their dreams, those who are afraid to make the sacrifice, those who are, to, are afraid to tell their grandma that her Thanksgiving biscuits are not good. Roy Wood Jr., comedian and Daily Show correspondent, sits down with us to let us know what he thinks about all those things and more. You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from Roanoke, Virginia. Um, I'm here with a comedian and TV star and Cubs fan fanatic, Mr. Roy Wood Jr. Not a fanatic. I was a fanatic until the Cubs won the World Series, and sitting in the stands at the game, I saw fanatics. Oh, I'm not a fanatic. I'm a Cubs fan. But like, were you? I don't fan is short for fanatic. You but you did I'm wear saying. a robe and a hat for a good four weeks. Listen, this on is national television, and you have robe, a Cubs hat on right now. I repeatedly wore the victory robe as a show of good luck for my team. But what I didn't do is break down into tears and think about all of my dead family members who mm. weren't present to see the Cubs win. I forgot that like baseball, love for baseball is handed down from, from generation white generation to, to white generation. Correct. Whereas on the black side, my daddy was like, I don't give a damn what you watch for as long as you watch it upstairs. Yeah, because I work hard and I'm going to sit in my chair and watch my exactly. show. Exactly. So when I came home at night, I couldn't watch the Braves. So the Cubs were the only baseball that you could get in the uh-huh. South on a regular basis. So, so oh, so you don't even really love them, love them. You just. It wasn't passed down. It was just indoctrinated. Cable. Yeah, it was just convenient. Mm. Okay, well, you know. I'm just saying, if the Kansas City Royals came on This TV is not a, a baseball lot, podcast. Let's talk about let's talk about what we are here to talk about okay. on Social Misfit. What we do is each show I have a guest on, someone who I who I find very funny, entertaining, amusing on social media, and we're going to talk about a social media post and in your case a rant that you went on. So, uh, Mr. Roy Wood, would you like to read us your social <laughs> misfit post? <laughs> this is funny. I need to retweet all this shit. All right, and it goes, Thanksgiving is around the corner. It's time for you to finally face the truth. Your grandmama's biscuits ain't that good. (laughs) Stop lying to her. Truth is, most of your grandma's cooking is bad, but no one wants to hurt her feelings. Your grandma survived segregation. She can handle you telling her that her cooking is trash. Not only are your grandma's biscuits not that good, they're probably not even in the top five biscuits of all time. AP Top 25 Biscuit Rankings. I just rattle off a couple. Number one, Cheddar Bay Biscuits from Red Lobster. Number two, Popeye's. Number three, Bojangles. Your grandma's biscuits are somewhere around number 17. Every good athlete has their day, then they move on. If you really love your grandma, you'll tell her to step down this Thanksgiving. Time for grandma to retire her Thanksgiving apron and let your auntie take over the kitchen. Grandma can stay on as an assistant coach. October is the perfect time to tell her this. October is the perfect time to tell your grandma she's getting demoted to side salads. This way she has a month to adjust. Now, you know, you ain't no damn good because you are from the South and you can't take away Nana's biscuit making. Here's the thing. People act like, like, why I got to eat bad food for the sake of your feelings? If you ain't got it no more, you ain't got it. It's called That's just what love. It is. Well, if she loved you, she'd step down. She would recognize that she can't do it anymore. It's like when the athletes, the, the athletes finally accept the fact that their body's breaking down. You can't throw the ball as far. You can't stay on the field as long as you'd like to. And you go, it's time for me to say goodbye to the game. And you cry a little bit and everybody gives you a jersey and they hug you. Kobe Bryant did it best. Kobe Bryant announced at the bit. That's what grandma should do. If no she, grandma in her right mind is going to stand in front of her family be like, listen, y'all, I like to make an announcement. This is my last Thanksgiving. This is my last Thanksgiving. My glaucoma's fucking up. My arthritis. I can't cut no butter no more. I can't I can't mix it. My knuckles is just too too tight. No Look, grandma's going to do that. She could stay on as an advisor. No, because you know, auntie ain't going to want Nana in the house telling her what to do in her own house. Look, I understand that cooking in a spiritual sense is about providing and 
providing for others and there's a sense of fulfillment that people get from that there's something yes. cathartic about it for a lot of people especially in a black family nurturing is giving food is love 1000 we don't talk to each other we don't explain our feelings but we will cook you a five course meal how bad would your grandma's cooking have to be for you to pull her to the side like straight up uh, I'm being serious you like, know we just, just what, let me tell you what we do what let me tell you what we do. do first of all I don't eat my grandmother's cooking now <laughs> what, are, what are you even talking to me about this for <laughs> because no because I'm healthy you know I'm a, right now right now oh I'm yeah a, old I'm people a, put pork and grease I'm in a practicing vegan so I can't eat nothing my grandmama makes my grandma loves chicken necks liver Oh, like at least two times a week like that ain't no like well, I'm in the taste of love a little like every week we go to the supermarket and my grandma want, and now she lives with my parents so my parents are like we don't want no damn stewed chicken <laughs> like she wants stewed chicken fried chicken baked chicken chicken liver what do you think would be harder coming out to your family as a lesbian or a vegan um I think which one would get you more judged I think me being a vegan probably only because they know that I would try to get them to be healthy. If I was a lesbian, I wouldn't be trying to get them to eat pussy. <laughs> please put that on stage. <laughs> oh, please. Put that I told you about the time I um I uh I decided to make a gluten-free uh cake for Thanksgiving and almost got kicked out the house. I made two I made my, in my mind I was like I'm going to make a vegan I'm going to make gluten-free monkey bread and I made two pans of my, one was a lemon and one was a raspberry you didn't tell them it was gluten-free well i didn't i didn't really do my research so i didn't get the right gluten-free flour so it was dense oh, it was hard like no. like like john Gotti foot bricks that's how hard that shit was <laughs> <laughs> so you freestyle the first meal at a family gathering, oh, yeah, your first bacon. But let me taste it. It worked in my favor because now I'm just reduced to salads. I'm I'm Nana. I'm Nana in my family. Yeah. They just say Chloe. Actually, I don't even do salad. They say Chloe bring plates and, and silverware. Straight up, it'll take you a decade to get off salads. I don't care. I don't somebody, want to. Somebody above you has to die for you to get promoted no. back to salads. No, you items. know what's going to end up happening? My career is going to go well, and then they'll be like, oh, Chloe's just going to host it and have it catered. That's that's the only way I can get back in is if I say, hey, come, everybody come to my house. I promise I'm not cooking. I'm not cooking, but I'm going to order the meanest Southern cuisine that you've seen on Food Network. Because, no. you know. Black people don't give other black people credit for soul food unless they see it on Food Network. Well, you know what I don't like now with food now? The one thing grandmas do get right is macaroni and cheese. It's it's probably a further back rant on my Twitter. <laughs> what, first of all, what causes you to have these rants on social media about random things like biscuits? Like what was going on in yellow? Because you tweeted this on Twitter. That was like six or seven tweets. Oh, yeah, it was a tweet storm. In October. So what happened in your life? Were you sitting in your dressing room at the Daily Show thinking about, oh, I wish I had some biscuits, but not my mama's because, you know, they're you not know good. what it was? I was I went to Red Lobster. I do something called the trifecta. I'm a fat bastard sometimes when I'm on the road. Uh -huh. And the trifecta is where you Frankenstein a meal together from three different restaurants. So I got my chicken from Boston Market. I got my salad from Panera. And then I went to Red Lobster to get Cheddar Bay Biscuits. And that was my <laughs> meal. Chicken, biscuit, and salad. So, Well, you can go to Red Lobster and just order biscuits? Oh, yeah. How much do they charge? So you get six for like $4. Oh, I've never, I haven't been, last time I went to Red Lobster was about three, four years ago on the road. I was on the road with um, Dave Temple. And I was like, oh, I, I'm, I haven't been to Red Lobster in about 10 years. And I know why. Because both of us. Down was fucked up before our show like literally he was like son dude like we fucked up um it's it, people don't believe me when i tell them there was a time red lobster was literally a legit classy four star i won't say five star but it was a four star yeah. in its heyday i went to red lobster on my prom night and that was not uncommon. Like you had to call Red Lobster to get reservations. You, had, you used to have to call yeah. on Thursday to eat there on a Sunday. So I'm at that Red is Lobster. True. Yeah. But you know what happened? What, what messed up Red Lobster was that they started popping up in every strip mall. Every strip mall, all like because when I was see, I grew up in New York City, so Red Lobster, we had to drive like to Long Island and go to Red yeah, Lobster. It was a destination. But now it's in every strip mall, and so now you got kids working there who don't give a fuck about what a lobster is. This shit is coming in parts. Well, you know what happened? I don't want to break off into restaurant marketing strategies. But oh, no, I, we can't because I know you worked at all of them. Yeah. 
what happened was that Red Lobster was not nice enough to be high end and too expensive to be considered like on the low end. Yeah. And so when Applebee's and Chili's and I don't know if Bennigan's was on the East Coast, but when those restaurants came in and they were like $5 a plate cheaper yeah. than Red Lobster, Red Lobster had to make a pimp decision. Either you're going to be upper crust or you're going to lower your prices a little bit and you lower prices, you start cutting corners with the food and the recipes and the type of they, people you like, hire. But do you and, think they could have kept it higher? Do you think they could have kept it like more upscale? They would have had to go straight valet parking and all of that, but I don't think there's whatever their marketing strategy was. Maybe it wasn't, it just wasn't that. You know, I don't know these up. You know, really rich people don't eat places with commercials, so you're gonna be hard pressed to get some rich motherfucker to come to. It's Red like Lobster. you know what it is. It reminds me of you remember Demolition Man when they in the future and Taco Bell was like Taco Bell runs the whole <laughs> yeah. All the restaurants have merged into Taco Bell under Taco Bell's yeah, umbrella. Yeah, and it was like fine dining, like artisan cuisine. Like yeah. there was like we're going to Taco Bell. Are you enjoying your Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had the biscuits and I just thought about it and I just started ranting. I was like, damn, you know what biscuits I really love? I like Popeye's biscuits and yo Popeye's just, biscuits are cement. Like when you, if you not, you have to drink and chew. You can't just eat a biscuit. Oh, it's it, insane. it locks up your whole it's esophagus. It's dough. Yeah. No, it's like Play-Doh. It's so <laughs> dense. And then you have number three, Bojangles. Let me tell you something. I only ate at Bojangles once in my life. I was in South Carolina. The biggest mistake I ever made in my life. I got a breakfast sandwich at Bojangles. I almost couldn't board the plane. Oh, it'll, it'll fill you up. Oh, it, it's so gross. It'll fill you up. It'll slow you down. You know what's so funny about the grandma biscuits thing? My grandmother actually never made biscuits. My grandpa made the biscuits. My grandma made pretty good biscuits. You know, it was. How did you? How do you yeah. eat your grandma's biscuits? Um, I'm jelly. I'm a little bit of jelly inside the bit, a little bit of butter and jelly mm-hmm. inside the biscuit. I used to do syrup sometimes, but I would do syrup on the side and sop. I've always been, as long as I can remember. I hate wet food. I love wet food. I cannot, I, I cannot, like, I'm just starting to, like, come to grips I with I live that. for it. You I got, I got, I put too much sauce I mean, on top of my stuff. I can't oh eat it. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you something. So, I tried to eat healthy in a row, and, and Roy texted me earlier. We're in Roanoke doing a show tonight, and I went to get Thai food. I got my rice inside my vegetables right now, steaming, soaking up. So, after my show, ooh, yummy, yummy. <laughs> juicy rice. <laughs> I love it. I hate some no. dry ass rice. This is how I eat. I used to eat my grandpa's biscuits. My grandpa's biscuits were by far the best. Like when we would go to visit them in South Carolina, he just would make like two big ass trays. I'd take two biscuits, put them in a bowl. They had to be warm, right? Mm-hmm. And if they weren't warm, then I'll sprinkle a little bit of water and put a paper towel over and put them in the microwave. Yeah, let's take steam. them, let them steep. Yeah. Take them out. I take a spoon. I crumple like I smash them up and pour old boy syrup on top. Oh baby. Can't you couldn't tell me I would eat it like ice cream. That stuff is good, man. Like I just don't I don't know what it is. I don't like my greens touching the cornbread. But I, I like greens and cornbread, but I can't have my so cornbread on the you're plate. So you're food separatist. You eat everything individually or you no, have to No, I just don't it. want the juices mixing. You know what I used like, to love when I used to eat? I used to, like, I love hot cold combinations. So, like, hot-ass collard greens with potato salad? No, not do it. I mean, I wouldn't mix it all up, but I would take a spoon of each. I mean, like, a fork of each Yeah, at the I mean, the, the stuff it. that's right there on the border where they touch it, yeah, that's no, fine. I let it touch. But, like, when you go to a barbecue and you get these runny-ass baked beans and the baked bean juice start running over and touching <laughs> potato salad i can't I do feel that bad for people listening i'm like damn i'm hungry as hell <laughs> i am hungry as hell you know i'm just telling you this whole this whole rant all right so where are you having thanksgiving at who's cooking uh we're going to my mom's house and it's is she doing all the really, cooking no we don't really do i mean i grew up an only child i got a bunch uh, of half brothers and stuff but we never had traditional holidays like my mom and i our move was to and still is to this day we go to honey baked ham and we'll get a smoked turkey what is honey baked ham uh the honey baked ham company is the finest inspiral cut (laughs) hickory smoked ham your number one choice for holiday season honey bacon um it's a store or is yeah it- it's a store it's a it's a place think of it it's i don't want to call it like a boston market it's not fair to call it that but it's just a place that just sells hams Re- that's really? what they specialize in okay you have to tell people where you grew up because did i who what i've never heard of a place that only sells ham year round 
Yeah, year round. You Where can just did, buy ham. It's, now it's popping during the holidays. It's a thirty minute wait. The Honey Baked Ham Company. It's they they tried to merge out into doing deli sandwiches and stuff like that. But just think of it as a really high class butcher. That's the best way. Do I they can serve put other it. meats other than ham? Yeah, there's ham. There's turkey. There's side items. There's pies. There's oh, cakes. so it's a restaurant. It's like a Boston Market. You can't. No, there's nowhere to sit. Oh. It's like a. It's like going to the butcher. But imagine the butcher is just cooking the finest of meats. Oh, so it's like a rotisserie pl- Like how you go to the rotisserie part in the supermarket. Like, give me a chicken and give me that. Exactly. Me that. Okay. But the whole store is just that deli but it's no, section. But, oh, so there's nothing's raw. Everything is cooked. Correct. Where is this at? This is, they're peppered all over the place. There's one in, there's a lot of them in the South. It's, a, it's primarily a Southern chain. Of course. But I've seen them in Long Beach. There's one right by LAX that I used to go to when I left the airport. Le- Left the airport. Yeah, anytime I left the airport, headed back to the valley, I would go to Honey Baked Ham and right off the four No, they sold sandwiches too. <laughs> Shit, now nah, I'm not eating a whole ham. Listen, you made the, the trifecta meal, so listen, I don't put nothing past that you. That was creative. That wasn't gluttonous. That was so gluttonous. First of all, <laughs> and I didn't even want to shame you, but Panera Panera salads are trash. Why that are they trash? Because the lettuce is the, trash. The lettuce is hard as fuck. It's like paper mache. I mean, it's you better. gotta get your food game up, yo. Why are you disrespecting the salads I eat? It's better than them airport salads that be sold next to some Best Buy headphones. Well, I don't even want to talk about airport food. There ain't nothing worse than airport food. So back to your family. You your Thanksgiving and So my mom ain't cooking. We'll she's buy not? We'll, no. We'll we might buy meat from somewhere and then we'll we may make a side item or two. But yeah. for the most part, we get so many invites to other people's houses, we just make our rounds Thursday morning. That's, and then, damn, that early? Then, yeah, some around 11 a.m. You make really? our rounds. Yeah. People got their Thanksgiving dinner cooked by 11 a.m.? Yeah. Some folks. And uh, so we go there. And then when them, them late folks start calling around four, we go back out. We do another lap around mm-hmm. the city. And then we sit down and have our Frankenstein together Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, you eating. It's a potluck. You bringing, every, you bringing everybody else's food home to your house to eat. There you go. We put that with the honey baked ham. Say oh, grace. No. Eat that. And it's delicious and it's amazing. It's efficient because it's just two of us for the longest. So there's no way to cook a Thanksgiving dinner for two. Where's your grandma just at? Be in a week. Um, all my grandparents have passed. And my family, the thing about it now with my family, we only get together once a year. So Four. If, it doesn't matter. This year it was a wedding. Oh, my, okay. my cousin got married last month. So everybody... Everybody on my side, on my mom's side, and that's the only side of the family I really fuck with, they they all came together in October. Oh, so okay. Thanksgiving and Christmas is on you. So <laughs> they don't get together. So nah, like that traditional sense of a homely meal and stuff, we never really had. And then when I started doing stand up, I figured out real fast that if you were willing to work holidays, you could get booked constantly. Yeah. So when I graduated in 01, shit, man, I, did, I wasn't even around on Thanksgiving for maybe 10 years. Like, really? Every did you ever feel bad? See, I feel bad about that, especially now that my, gran- that my grandma lives at my parents and she's my only re- like remaining grandparent. I don't feel like last year my best friend planned this trip to Thailand and I wanted to go. And so I was trying to get her to plan it like before Thanksgiving. And she was like, and she's not really close to her family. She was like, I don't need to be here for Thanksgiving. But I was like, I can't go. I can't go because I'm not going to be around my grandma. Like, I feel bad about that. But why? Because she's old as hell. What do you mean? But why? Like, I because you saw I'm, her. Can you see her the week before the week after? It's not the same. I feel Says like. Who? Well, one, because I still live in the same city as my family, I've never lived anywhere else. So my family, even though we're not like super, super, super tight, we don't have game nights and stuff like that. We still see each other very frequently. You know, like I have an aunt that lives downstairs from me. I have an aunt that lives around the corner. My parents and my grandma are like 15 minutes away from Jesus me. Jesus Christ, I go crazy. <laughs> so the idea of me just being like deuces i don't want to see y'all thanksgiving like it doesn't sit well and i mentioned it last year to my parents i was like yeah i think i'm gonna go to thailand with my friends they was, my dad was like no no once you're here and plus my brother's in college so like he comes home so you know i mean i guess uh, it's it's hard for me to to understand it because we just had two different two different upbringings my yeah. family it was just my mom, me, my mom, and my dad. 
And I had a couple half-brothers sprinkled around the city, see you once or twice a year. Everybody else is in another state. Now, growing up all the way through high school, you probably saw everybody two to three times a year for yeah. one reason or another. You know, Clarksdale, Mississippi was always the rally point for the family. So you'd end up in Clarksdale, and then you might you might be in Chicago for one thing or another. Mm. But then when I started doing stand-up, nothing else mattered. Y'all doing what? Cool. Send me pictures. Family <laughs> reunion? Do what you do. But I, whatever the one thing was that everybody got together mm-hmm. at, all right, I'll show up for that. Oh, y'all doing what for Christmas? All right, I'll swing by. We gonna, we gonna be there for five days. I'll give you two. Really? Like, because for me, for this job, I was like, y'all understand, man, I'm trying to do this now so I don't have to do it later. And, you know. But you're gr- still on the road all the time. You're on the road oh, all the man, time. Clock don't stop. And But what about when it's time for you to, like, settle down with the family? How is that? F- well, that's what I'm starting to deal with now with a five-month-old. Because now in my head, it's all right. I got maybe three more good years of really not giving a fuck and being <laughs> I think you have three more months of not giving no, a fuck. No. Once he I'm, starts saying dada, you're not going to want to not be there. And I'm not saying not. what I want. I'm not saying not be not. I'm not, I'm not saying not to go out on the road, but I mean, I'll be if you could cut down said, from like ten road gigs a month to four, you would do it. Possibly, four is reasonable. No, nah, but if I if I could do ten for three years and then in three years only have to do two, then the front end sacrifice to me is the is the greater good. It's more difficult to be gone now. I will admit that. Yeah, but. For me, attachment to family, even in that relationship between me and him, is something I'm learning. It's mm-hmm. something I have to because you or because you had yeah you you weren't beholden to anybody. Yeah, and to me, it's like all right, all these people I could see, but then, well, but now we're all in the same building. Well, nigga, you live around the corner from me. You live downstairs, and y'all three up the block. So. Today is more special than yeah. last week. Thanksgiving is more special because the calendar says yeah. Because so. on Thanksgiving you got to act right. No, you gotta be. You gotta act right. If it's I a put, holiday for me. If I put that up against my career, that, that that's not a choice I could make, and I have suffered because of it. And my family sometimes will call me out about. But you being don't gone. But do you care? Stuff. I, I don't feel I, like you care when they call you out. No, I can't. So what is the goal? What is the goal? For you. The goal in terms the of. The sacrifice. The payoff. In terms of job related, stri- job related success, the ultimate goal is to be able to be my own boss. Like if I'm hosting a show or I'm at that point where I'm no longer playing comedy clubs and I'm doing. Theaters. Theaters and stuff like that. Like I'm just getting to a point now where I don't work on Thanksgiving. The fact that I'm even going home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's, that's groundbreaking. Friday morning, I'm headed to Nashville to perform at Zany's Friday and Saturday. <laughs> it's it's on my website. Like my mom gets Monday through Thursday. Oh, you going home for that whole week? Bruh, five years ago, that would not have happened. I would have swung through on Thursday. And there was a time where I was performing in Biloxi on Christmas Day. And I got the call for the gig on December 23rd. And I walked in the room, told my mom, hey, um... Christmas Day, I got to work. And I could tell she was hurt by it. And I got to tell you what, let's do Christmas dinner early. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, well, we can go grocery shop. Can't grocery shop. I got to leave now. First show is tonight. What? What? So I went to Biloxi December 23rd. I did 23rd, 20, Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. I woke up the morning. I woke up on Christmas Day. Drove, drove four hours back to Birmingham yeah. to eat dinner with my mom for two hours. And I got right back in the car and went and did my next show Christmas night. Because for me, that's what matters. And if, and I, like, the reason why I don't always care about my family getting at me about being away is because, well, y'all are the same ones who turn around and tell me, way to go, or congratulations, or we're proud of you. Mm -hmm. We'll respect the sacrifice that it takes to do that. And so for me, I choose to prioritize that over being with you on this particular day because we've all decided as a society that this is the day when you really, really give a fuck. And for me, I always give a fuck and I send good gifts and I don't forget people's birthdays. And so for me, 
that was more important because I wanted to build something. Mm-hmm. I'm not working. I'm only working New Year's Eve. I'm not even right. The Daily Show we Year's get Eve? off December seventeenth. We got the offer. I don't know the city yet, but Daily Show gets off December seventeenth, and I'm only performing comedy one day in that two week stretch. That is unprecedented, and I'm sure that having a kid is has a lot. Because the other problem <laughs> with having a kid is that motherfuckers want to see him. So now <laughs> you, you are the take most him on tour. <laughs> And you're his road manager. I'm basically my son's road manager now. Whereas it's okay, we'll get dressed. We got a gig in Birmingham for Thanksgiving. So you can see. We get with you. So you're going to Thanksgiving. So where else you got to take the kid? Um, I All think, over the country? Yeah, I think. Have you flown uh, him yet? Oh, yeah. He's, he's chill, man. He's, he's chill. He's a good baby. I'm not complaining in that sense. I'm just saying that I, it's important that I give him the choice to decide how he relates to family. So I'm not going to He's five bring months. He don't up. have a choice. He's five no, months. No, but I'm talking down the road, which is, brings me back to the original point. You don't miss Christmas Day, but I could give a fuck about Christmas Eve with a two-year-old. Straight up. Could not care. Because for me, if missing when he's two gives me the power to be there when he's six, seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. when it's all the years where... To me, I have more influence over him, especially yeah. when he gets into like, I call it the pubic hair. Once, once that he, first once pubic he hair, himself. yeah. From then on, yeah, it's not a game no more. Yeah, and so that's when you have to start. Like I, I man, I've seen so many comics who have to choose family over career, and making that choice petrifies me. So I'm going to put it off as long as I can until it becomes something that really starts being detrimental like i already know i gotta figure this out my mom was a soldier with this um i'm not going to every sporting event man i just (laughs) let me tell you something how dare you say that when you wore a fucking cubs robe for a week straight tell you something man go and you went to the world series how'd you handle that that's how you know you you popping in this life you got to take it to the world series i don't i don't it it wasn't that expensive when you really lay down the fact how much was it my ticket was two thousand dollars, which was the cheapest ticket. <clears throat> that's a lot of money. Not for that's a guy. A, that's not, a lot of Panera bread salad. That's not for a guy who wears no jewelry. My car is ten years old. I don't wear expensive shoes. I have no real expenditures. Yeah. So I'm not a gaudy dude. You know mm-hmm. me. I'm not a flashy. Look at my Gucci belt. Yeah, but I'm not one of them dudes. You used to have a lot of sports coats. I'm glad you got out of that. Yes, so, see what I'm saying. So the sports coat phase. Looking, yeah, you look like a dad before you were a dad. I want to look 80 now. <laughs> Sport coat. <laughs> so there's very much a sense of independence. But you flew. But you. But you. Did you have work? The job yeah. sent you, or you no, went? No, I it was all out of pocket. Comedy Central ain't finna send a motherfucker to the World Series. So you said, "Listen, y'all, I need a day off. I'm going to the World Series." You do enough work and set enough precedent. You um, <laughs> extended <laughs> certain accommodations from right. your employer. Like growing up, I played little league baseball from the first grade through high school. And your mom went to every how many single games? year. In my entire life, my mom showed up to three games. Mm. Three. And most of my life, my mom was either in night school, law school, PhD. It was all stuff on to better myself yeah. to make your world better. Mm-hmm. So I can look back on that and reflect. And that to me, that taught work ethic more than neglect of the parent not being there. But also depends on the type of kid you have. But yeah. for me, it made me extremely emotionally independent. And I think that's part of the reason why when I look now at who I am in the present as it relates to family and kumbaya and togetherness that's not it doesn't have as much value than self-betterment yeah it just it just never yeah. resonated initially because i was always taught by example figure out what it is you want and bust your ass to go get it mm-hmm. and nothing else matters not even showing up for your son's baseball game so i feel like to a degree what i'm doing is what was done to me yeah. so i will show up to more than three games yes let me just say that. That's I'm not good. saying I'm planning to be an asshole parent, but if it's two Saturdays a month that I set aside for kid stuff, yeah, and two Saturdays where I go get money, or maybe it's two Saturdays with the kid, one for money, one for recreation, because you still got to do family shit. Yeah, 
so there's a lot of things there's a lot of sacrifices coming up down the road and until that time get money man get, get, get out, get, <laughs> yeah get, get money and growing up <laughs> do you think do you think that especially in comedy do you think comics are not making the sacrifices or they don't even have to make the sacrifice i think some do i feel like if you have to choose too early one of them is gonna suffer that's why you know like i look at it like Derek jeter is probably the best example i can fucking get. baseball again all right go ahead Derek jeter <laughs> played baseball till he was 39 years old and got engaged a month after his retirement and got married at yeah. 41 or something like that yeah, yeah. so that's because what you're saying like for just him, don't it was he couldn't he made the choice that I will not mix any of I will just choose this and then I'll figure out the rest of that stuff later. Because when you add a relationship to the fold or kids or anything into the mix of your life, it's new variables. You're juggling two extra bowling pins or bowling balls or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I've been around comics who married the wrong person mm. and seen how it affected. Yeah their career you know and i think we've all had some relationships that were a little rough and for me emotionally it killed my creativity yeah you know and whether it was self-inflicted it's like mary j blige when she was married versus this divorce you about to get popping mary <laughs> j music <laughs> she's gonna be dancing with all the lightsabers if she can afford studio time all she, that you know what she's doing payment, she no but you know what she's doing right she is oh she's on tour right now with maxwell and every show that she opens up she starts with like a montage of all of her divorce shit so all of the stuff that he's asking for <laughs> is up there and she come out there and be like i was your lover in your set she getting her swagger back but i think it's always good but i think it's i think it's sad because like i've been, since i've been doing comedy i've been single since i've been doing com- mm, the first year i was in a relationship we broke up and i've been single for the past five years it's 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 weird man it's weird to have to ask someone to emotionally hitch themselves to just an emotional fucking yeah. ride. Like, but that's what marriage is. If I were married to him, I would have to be like, listen, I got to make it work. Because if I get married, I'm not getting divorced. See, I don't believe that. You don't believe don't in not getting believe, divorced? No, I don't believe in that either. Are you serious? Oh, you don't believe in marriage or you don't believe in getting divorced? I believe in marriage, but when we start getting into, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation about religion. (laughs) That's the stuff I don't tweet about. What I'm saying is, is I'm not, I wouldn't say I wouldn't get divorced because of religion. I don't want to get divorced because I feel as though I should, I should trust myself enough to know that I'm marrying the right person. I'm older. So it's not like, you know, when he and I dated, I was like 28, 29. So it wasn't like, I was a baby then, but even now I think I have a more better understanding of who I am and a perspective that if I chose to make someone my mate, I'm making the right decision. I agree with that. So then my counter to that, it's it's like when someone says, well, I'm glad I found that out now before we got married so that I could go find the person that's for me. But then if you'd married that person and then found that out, it would have been, well, we stick it out and love is a verb and we got to work through it. Well, what the fuck is the difference? If you decide to tolerate it, not only differences, a ring in terms of the desire to really want to make it work, unless it's the fact that we aren't as emotionally invested in the boyfriend girlfriend stage. So yeah. it's easier to cut bet. It's that, easier to cut the, ties. That than, is the point of boyfriend girlfriend. Then power through to the other side. Exactly. When you're married, it is a commitment. But then how do you know that you're marriage material with whoever you're dating? If y'all never power through to the other side. On well, something? see, this is the thing. Sometimes things don't hit you where you have to be challenged. If you're dating someone for one, two years and nothing catastrophic happens, you don't really see. And it's funny because I just talked about this with one of my friends who's in a new relationship and all like rose colored glasses and open eye and here I am being like the you know curmudgeon being like well yeah it's still new and you need to really figure out who each other is and they're like no but I know and I'm like all right fine whatever and I'm like you don't know until something terrible happens that's the only way you really know who you're with when something either super amazing like lotto winner 
or a life-changing incident like positive or super negative happens that's when you find out who a person is i agree with that i agree with that wholeheartedly it's it's just it's a very delicate thing when you start adding other people Mm -hmm. to your existence and when you do that maintaining that balance of making sure that those emotional needs are met and you're still getting what you need to be who you want as an individual. Yeah. I've seen comics fumble that football and sometimes it's catastrophic. And you know, I granted, I know husband and wives that have sold shows together yeah. and write sitcoms together. And then I also I would like know, I would like that. And everybody tells me, why would you want that? I would like to have a part see my thing is I don't want a relationship i want a partnership so i would rather be with someone who i can perform with across the board not like comedy perform but like you know perform in excellence across the board and that is hard but i would rather have someone who understands where i'm coming from and who respects me and can encourage me than someone who's like well i'm working nine to five monday through friday and i don't know why you're not home when i'm home because you know men are very you know i i men are very needy I couch surfed with this guy one time, and this is my ideology on this comes from this incident. Um, he was kind of a down on this luck black headliner, and we're just doing like mainstream southern one nighters. And we had a gig. What do you mean you couch surf? Like you and him were on the road together? Well, I, I slept on his couch uh. on the way. To, I used to, between gigs, if I had like a nine hour drive to the next city, sometimes I would drive four hours the night before sleep on his couch uh-huh. and then he, so he was your yeah yeah he was like a little safe house or whatever and so he had this very feisty wife and this is when comet view was on the downswing nobody knew it at the time everybody thought comet view was still going to be the game changer it was for comics mm. back in 98 and mm-hmm. 99 this is 2002 Ooh. so this and is when he was straight clipping shows club together. comic view yeah this is after they played all the snoring bullshit and they they were paying comedians real money at this point yeah but the show creatively was way it jumped the shark yeah and so but the perception of a comic view comic to a lot of women was one of oh well he's gonna be the shit mm-hmm. and so he married this chick and i don't know all the backstory on how they met whoop-de-whoop, but i knew that she did not have the patience for yeah. The real long haul of whatever it takes to make it. And, you know, this is back when anybody could get on Comic View. And my man could never get on. <laughs> For whatever reason, didn't have the connects, didn't have the whatever the fuck. Was he funny? Yeah, he was funny. Yeah. As funny as anybody else they were putting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had this gig down. They lived in Savannah at the time. And we had this gig down in Cocoa Beach, Florida. So I drive from Birmingham. His car is on the fritz. He goes, yo, man, can you come pick me up so we can go do this gig? I go, yeah, I got you. I pick him up, and we hit the road. And my Savannah is like two hours out of the way for me. Mm. There's no reason for me to be going from Birmingham to like Cocoa Beach is like due east of Orlando. I can yeah. just take 75 down the gut from Atlanta. Yeah, but I'm cutting over to the coast. I just want to say everything you just said to me makes no sense because I'm Queen GPS, and when I'm on the road, I still don't understand how people use actual road maps to get anywhere. If that I is don't a have, scary thought. It is. Oh, I, I don't. You on so, some okay. legit functionality of living and yes. surviving in a weird place. But what I'm saying though, how you are freaked out by me saying that I'm addicted to GPS, I'm freaked out by you just knowing roads and routes and shit. Oh yeah, I mean, but I've also. I know you've been driving around the country for what, half a 15 million road years, miles yeah. in my career, so I've learned all of, most of the. Okay, so according to you, two hours out of your way. So we go to Savannah. I scoop him up, and we got four hours to Cocoa Beach mm-hmm. to the show. And he starts talking in the car about how he really needs the money tonight because their light bill is past due. Mm. And, you know, they come in to cut him off, and it's just it's a lot of sad yeah. money stories. We get halfway to Cocoa Beach and we get a call from the booker that the show is canceled. Oh, no. And the booker goes, yeah, I'll send you guys a check for half of your money. Oh, no, 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 no. And so so my <laughs> man goes, um, yo, man, I can't go home without, without this money. $300. Yeah, so you got to drive there. I need this $300. Can you Western Union me my money? And he begs and pleads with the booker to Western Union him 
yeah. his half, so he can at least have the one fifty. Now I was only supposed to be getting one fifty, so the booker. Oh, was it was three hundred total for both of y'all. No, three hundred for him, one fifty for me. Oh, so oh, I'm sorry. The total of the show was three fifty, so he's getting half of three fifty, which is one fifty. Correct. And you're no, getting, no, he's getting three hundred, so his half is one fifty. I'm supposed to be getting 150. My half is 75. So he's sending 150 and 75. 150 and 300. He told his girl he was coming back in the door with $300. Yeah. I ain't ever had a more quiet car ride. Oh my God. But like it was on some, it was on some shit like when you, I don't know if you ever made bad grades, but. Yeah, when you know you better get an ass whooping. The ride home to get the ass whooping is the most silent fucking, the radio's off and it's just quiet. And And all it is is the sound of the road. If you if you and him were good friends, would you ever give him the money? That's what I'm getting to. Oh, okay, sorry. So I pull into, we pull into a grocery store to go to Western Union to get our cash. He gets mm-hmm. his 150, I get my 75. As soon as the money is my in my hand, he goes, "Yo, man, you know I would not ask you this." Damn. And he had never at that time he had never asked me for money, and you know I still live with my mom, so I was like, "All right, man, you know whatever, fine." So I go to the ATM. I get the other 75 to put my mind. So now he got his 300. Yeah. He, we go home and we go back to his house. And at this point, I've been on the road way too long. Yeah. I go, yo, man, let me catch the couch for a couple hours and then I'll get up in the morning and go to Birmingham. Yeah. There's no problem. He's the only person in the house when I go to sleep. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to the loudest fucking kick him, drag him out argument. Are you serious? I've ever heard. It's, it's literally I witnessed a domestic dispute, mm. but it was the she was the aggressor. Really, you ain't shit. What the fuck you mean the show was fucking canceled? You ain't gonna be shit. When the fuck are you gonna get on BET? You fat motherfucker. But you my thing is, he had the money. So was she? So was she? Yeah. So she didn't really care about the money. She cared about the fame. The fact that this was still a career hiccup. You are not delivering on what I thought you could deliver when I married you, yeah. which was a successful comedian who does shows. Yeah, you got the money, but you had to borrow and hustle that. Oh, why did he even tell? I wouldn't have told. She, no, she knows that you get half on the cancellation. So, but then she, she should also that know that it's not his fault that it got canceled. See, some things are out of your control. Don't matter. Don't matter. That's a, that's I an unrealistic that woman. You need to be, you need to be this type of way, and this is what I want. And and are they still together? No. Good. They got divorced a year later. And that type of stress that mm-hmm. was on that man's soul every time I saw him. It's hard. You can't grow as a performer no. coming home to someone that doesn't want to at least go, how was your day? You yeah. ain't got to help me write the script. But f- yeah. Fuck, man. But, no, but just know that I need you to support me in some nonverbal way. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember hearing that argument, man. I was like, I'll never be with anybody that doesn't understand the bare bones of what it is yeah. I do and the suffrage that comes with it. But that's why I feel like I should be with someone who understands this industry, who works in it or around it. What do you think? You know me. You know my personality. People try to act like comedians shouldn't date. And you act like comedians shouldn't date. You have told me that. <laughs> Let me rephrase <laughs> that statement. Comedians who are not truly committed to being in a relationship shouldn't date. Nigga, that's people who should who don't okay, want to be well in relationships. Let me rephrase. <laughs> people who are not serious <laughs> about being together should not be in a relationship and just fuck every now and then. That's not productive. Oh, um I think it's fine. I do think there's some regular people. I've seen people in relationships with regular yeah. folk. I don't think they enjoy themselves as much, but I also feel like those people were down at a very early stage like if you're a comic that used to have a corporate job mm-hmm. like your dude yeah. the ex yeah. this is back when you were still yeah. see what I'm saying so it's like there's this odd synergy and I'm not saying a feeling of dedication to someone that you used to be with but there's definitely a degree of familiarity yeah. with that person and you don't want to venture out to do something That's different true. but I, the most exciting I've ever been is with people who understand what I do and it's just a shorthand with people that are in the industry even if it's just an entertainment lawyer that's what I'm saying agent you want somebody to understand you so comedy you don't have to explain definitely not you. a comedy co- if you can make some good biscuits maybe 
<laughs> you like how I bring it back to the whole social misfit. We bring it full circle. So because people have been we've been talking about biscuits for the first part of the show, we got two more things because we do have to go to our outro show that we are in Roanoke for. How should someone pull a nana aside this Thanksgiving and tell them to stop making biscuits? I, you don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. I think you should do it alone. You can't embarrass Nana in front of the family. No, squad up. All the all the aunties, all, yeah, all the kids, all, the aunts, all her yeah. kids, her favorite yeah. kids, not the crackhead one. He 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 ain't allowed. Get no vote on this. No, crackhead. You ever notice that the the drug addict in the family don't get no vote about nothing? <laughs> he don't even know <laughs> shit. They be like, Mama died, Junior. When she died, two days ago. Why didn't you tell me? I don't know. We didn't know you. Your phone got cut off. <laughs> no, they didn't even tell you no shit. They no. be like, Hey, Junior, show up to the church nine thirty on Saturday. Why? Just bring a suit. Come on. Yo, just come on down. You tell the story of my life. If I, <laughs> I ain't going to get into too much family detail. I'll just say this. When my grandmother died, there was a lot of heated debate on what should be done with her house. Oh. And there was a lot of people arguing that shouldn't have been. Arguing because you'd be like, you know you can't afford this shit. Yeah. It was a, it and we're not selling it to give you no crack money. Because <laughs> you know the crack, I think we should sell it. I think the five of us just split it up. What's that gonna be like seventy eight thousand dollars? I got a we friend that's going through that now. Their uh, family, their granddaddy left them nine acres of property in Virginia. Yeah, and they're like, let's build on it. Yeah, now let's just sell it. It only take one. And now they can't sell. They can't. They can't build sell on it. it. They can't build it because one person wants to sell it. Exactly. Yeah. And so now the land just sits there, just overgrown. Yeah. Just. It only takes one person. Do you know that's how that's how they that's how um Hilton Hood, South Carolina became all resorts because most of that land was a state land and so mm-hmm. so what happens is they because if it's owned by like a group of people that is, you know, left to a developer all they have to do is find one person to sell that is a part of that parcel and they can get the whole place. It just takes one person to sell. Because of the laws, because of the laws in South Carolina, in South Carolina, that's crazy talk. And so, like in New York City, so the equivalent to that in New York is like if family owns a house, like it's left to them, mm-hmm. they can sell their share of the deed illegally, and then the person who buys it illegally will say to the rest of the family, "If you want to sell the rest of this house, <laughs> you got to pay me a million dollars to get my part of the deed back." Wow. Yeah. And they just stuck with the house. Stuck. Yep. And you just wait for people to die out. That's gangster. Ain't it? Awesome. It's te- don't sick. you know? Stop it. Get this gangster. I, I think you just, you make it more exciting. You make it exciting for grandma. You be like, you know what we going to do this year? You know, you know, Dottie said she wanted to do a little turkey. Let's just let Dottie, and you just need to relax. We appreciate you so much that this year, we just want you to kick back. So we, I don't want to kick back. Just kick get back. out of my kitchen. Mm-hmm. Nana, just go and sit over there. Well, see, just now we, we, what you could do is say, Nana, we want you, to, why don't you sit down and tell me what to do? And then you just put your own shit in there and actually tell me what to do. I remember one time, <laughs> me, me and my mom did that. Me and my mom Brilliant. did that. We did that. We, we were making pies and we waited. <laughs> we waited for the person to go to the bathroom. We was like, all right, get me that extra nutmeg over there and that cinnamon. Oh. Cool. And, we made, and then when it was time to eat the pies, we was like, we want this one. Gangster. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. Uh, Roy Wood Jr., what makes you a social misfit? I, you know, I get mad about all the wrong stuff. That's who I am. I'm the guy that will argue with the same intensity as someone about politics and policy, but my arguments are all misguided about shit that don't matter. I'm currently arguing with people right now about crockpots on Twitter because apparently I insulted crockpots and the crockpot hive has decided (laughs) to come for me. A, what did you say about crockpots? I just said it's a useless kitchen appliance. It's just, it's not one of the more important kitchen appliances out there. But you don't and cook though. Don't matter. Yeah, it I does matter because I, I own a crock pot and they are very useful. If I broke in your house and stole your crock pot, could you still eat tomorrow night? Yes, because they're not expensive. Now, if I broke in your house and stole your stove, how much more screwed are you? I have a microwave. That's, hey. Even a microwave, I don't respect. But like the dishwasher, the trash disposal, the electric knife. Like these are all appliances. In For, the here, okay, here's another one of your bogus AP 
top five kitchen appliance list. You just tweeted this two hours ago. Number one, the fridge with 55 votes. Are these fake ass votes that you put up? 55 uh, Steve Harvey votes for fridge. (laughs) Number two is stove with 43. Blender one, really? Coffee maker don't even have no number next to it. And then number five is the radio by the sink with the iPhone dock. That's a very important kitchen appliance. You can't cook without music. You can't cook good food without music. Yes, you can. How do you think your grandparents did? They had no music. Well, they was humming, and yeah. no spirituals and stuff. Still music. No. <laughs> so you're a social misfit because you get upset about the the minutia yeah, of the world. I don't engage trolls. I don't really mind people disagreeing with me. I'm okay with it. The best thing that ever happened to me was in Last Comic Standing making us live tweet. It changed my entire perception of social media because I got insulted for an hour straight <laughs> every Monday night. I got like violently attacked by strangers. Racist? Were they racist? Monday. Or they just, just were... racist youngsters? Just anybody who just here's someone I can find and Google and hate. Mm. And then I got attacked again when it aired on the West Coast. So <laughs> what did they say about you? You ain't funny. Fuck you. And you stupid. You look like it. Take that blaze off. Take like, that blaze off. <laughs> off. <laughs> so do you have all your blazes still? Or are you going to yeah, let hanging up? I got a Hall of Fame. Oh my gosh. Whip them out real quick. You're very sen- Roy's very sentimental. He, he holds on to things for a long time. So I bet you you're going to frame each one and put whatever late night set is associated with that blaze. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to decide what to do with the jacket that I wore for my hour special. It wasn't a blazer. No, it was a little Sean John joint. It was nice. It's a nice jacket. So just keep it in the back of your closet. What are you going to do with but, it? But I'm also a comedian. Like, and I'm trying to think, have there been any comedian outfits that have been auctioned? No. No. People buy Prince outfits and Michael Jackson pants. Yeah, because they bust their ass in it. You just stood yeah, in it for fucking you, 45 do you, minutes. Do you want George Carlin's sweater? Like, no. He's one of the gods. Maybe Richard Pryor's red Live at the Sunset Strip. Yeah. See, I don't like the idea of keeping people's clothes. In. I I believe in energies and Eddie spirits. Murphy Raw, I, that purple leather, that would be. I would not want anybody's shoes or clothes in my house. I think every, like I don't even wear wigs or weaves because I, if it's human hair, I don't want that Indian girl's spirit in my head. So you scared of getting possessed? No, I just don't. I, you don't believe you don't believe in people's energies. It's transferable. Like you ever walked into a space and be like, oh, I don't like the vibe in here. Or you met somebody Yo, like, I don't like that energy. I think we just wrote a new horror movie, bro. <laughs> <laughs> with a weave attached <laughs> you ever see I human hair horror story i can't think of the movie but um it's i almost said gifted hands that's ben carson mm-hmm. uh deadly hands i think it's deadly hands it's a guy who gets a hand transplant oh yeah from a he serial can't control killer, it mm-hmm. and the hand just starts murdering yeah. mm-hmm. what if it was the same thing but with weave with weaves yeah yeah like we kill a weave we could do that. Oops, sorry. That's, that's my problem. agent texting me to let me know that's a good idea. Um, yeah, we just this is uh this is a text from our agent being like, Hey, I just got a call from the um show tonight. Are you guys on the way? Uh and with that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we are concluding this episode of Social Misfit with Cole Haley. Thank you so much to our guest Roy Junior Roy. Roy, really quick, um, where can people follow you on social media? Uh my name is Roy Wood Junior. Just Put an at sign in front of that, and you'll find everything. There you go. So Instagram, Facebook, on your Snapchat. Ah, uh, yep, Snapchat too. Everything, Facebook. Thank you so much for for um coming late, so we have to rush this podcast. Appreciate it. We can rush it. We got it in right in an hour. Boom. Bye. I'm a boss. Bye, guys.